I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God.
you know it's true, church. you. We worship you today. God, every morning of our life, on the very best days of our life, God, we could sing that song and remember that the best days come from your goodness, Lord. God, on the very worst days of our life, we could sing that song Lord, we know that your goodness is running after us. We know that you are faithful on the very worst days, God. Lord, in a world that struggles under the weight of sin, God, we have wars in other parts of the world. We have wars in our house. We have wars in our souls. And Lord, sometimes we wonder, God, why? Why does this happen? And we struggle with that question, Lord, but the cross gives us the answer to definitely why it never happens. And it is never because you don't love us, God. The cross tells us that you love us. You love us more than we love ourselves, God. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you and give you the glory that you alone deserve. In Jesus' name, and together, the church said, Amen, amen. Let's lift up and give the Lord praise today. Thank you all. Thank you. You may be seated. It is good to see you. It's even better to hear you today. Thank you for being here to worship with us. If you are a guest with us today, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are thankful to have you with us and that you would be with us. On the back of the seats in front of you, you know that there are new here cards. For those of you, we'd love to have a chance to connect. If you're new with us, you can fill that out online. You can grab one of the seat cards in front of you and fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket today just to give us a chance to connect with you. We'd love to give you a small gift and just be able to reach out and say hello uh, and know that you are here. Uh, there's serve here cards as well for those of you who have been here and you feel the Lord leading you. 
or me telling you that it's overdue for you to plug in and serve at the church. So you can fill those out too. We just thank you. We're so glad you guys are here today. Uh, we have a lot of announcements to share with you, um, but we don't have a video and I don't know what they are, so I'm going to make them up as we go. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward if they would. And uh, just thank you guys for being here. We're going to take up our, and receive our tithes and offerings today. If you're a member here, you know we do this as part of our worship. If you're a guest here, please don't feel obligated. This is our opportunity to continue worship to the Lord. So now, um, you guys go ahead and begin. I'm going to meander on. I've got a backup band. I'm going to talk for a while. So I just... <laughs> I just want to share with you guys, honestly, one thing I want to say is that one of my very, my very favorite stories right now at CF are coming out of CF community groups. And if you're not a part of CF community groups, you are missing out. Uh, I personally, I get together with a group of guys every Tuesday morning and we sit down, no lesson plan, but the spirit shows up and he's, he is he showed up hard the last couple of weeks, but he shows up good every week. Um, we do that on 6.30, so I'm just going to tell you, if you're a guy and you're not in the 6.30 Tuesday morning men's group, uh, you're, you're missing it. You're missing it. So it's a great group of guys to connect with. My wife has gotten into a group. She hangs out with some of these people up on stage and just thinks that they are the bee's knees. And, and I mean, I wait for Tuesday night to just watch her come home glowing after spending time with the Lord and with people that she's getting to know. And I've heard stories from some of the rest of you as well. Uh, today, we started a 9 a.m. I told them not to call it Sunday school. I just said we're a CF community group that meets on Sunday morning. So, because I'm not getting out my felt board and not getting something back for it. But Greg Smith and I are teaching it. We're doing it at 9 a.m. We met in reception today. We may meet elsewhere because the band is loud. Um, when they practice, they sound good, but they're loud. But I just want to let you guys know, okay, that especially like this, getting together in a CF community group is going to enrich you. It is going to grow you. It is going to connect you in ways that you need. So... Uh, if you're thinking about being in one, if you feel like the Lord has landed on your heart to lead one, get busy, okay? Get busy and get connected. We love you guys. We want to help you grow. We do thank you for being here today. And uh, I think that's all, that's all I'm going to throw down on you today. Just thank you guys for being here today. Pray with me. I'm going to pray for Pastor Corey. We're going to bring him up, and we're going to get into the Word today. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for what you are already doing. We thank you for your spirit that is here. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your gospel. God, we could spend the day thanking you and not get done. Lord, your goodness washes over us. Open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds. God, change us today. Let us not leave the same as we showed up this morning because of your work in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. 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 Come on. Y'all give, give the Lord a hand clap real quick for me, guys. Help me out. Thank you. <laughs> let's, let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> I 
I uh, walked into one of my kids' rooms last night. I won't tell you which of the three for their own sake. If one of them goes missing, you'll know it was them. I, I, think, I think it was dark, so I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of credit. But I think, like, there was a dropping of the head, and I heard, like, a deep moan, like a sigh and a no. Followed by, what did you do? Just like, like it sounded like disgust. And I'm going, wow, yeah. So let's just inevitably, inevitably when you leave here today, um, if you're new, whoever brought you is going to lean over and say something to the effect of, look, that was okay today, but you got to come back when this other guy, he's like this guy, he has this beard thing and when he speaks, it's really good. Today was all right, but you got to come back and hear the other guy. Uh, look, it, I started shaving and tri well, trimming. I shaved and then I trimmed, and then trimming turned into trimming a little more, a little more, a little more. Here we are. There was nothing left to trim. Uh, so, so you're welcome. All right. Uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to be here, guys. I'm, I'm thrilled to, uh, we're going to be wrapping up our our Getting There series today, um, I have no control currently over the back, if you don't mind. Thank you. Uh, so over the last four weeks, we've, we've been in a series, this is week number five, that we've called Getting There. And, and Getting There is this, it's, it's almost this misnomer. It's this, it's this kind of this thing that hangs over most of us because we want to get there. It's this ambiguous, we don't really know what it is, but it's that dream, and we want to get there. No idea of what's, what's after or necessarily even how, but that doesn't matter. We know what we want, and we want to get there, and we want to get there now. I, I think a lot of times we end up putting so much uh, thought and emphasis on getting there that we end up missing out on, on here. The moments right in front of us. I, I, we could go off topic. We could talk about social media. We could talk about people's presence in, in this aspect or that aspect. We could, we could talk about COVID and we could go into all these different things. And, but with them all, the truth is every single one of us, we, we end up missing the now. Mostly because we're so concentrated on the there. This idea of what will be maybe one day. Today, though, my, my prayer is that God would redirect your focus and would stir some of you to take the next step of faith away from where you currently are. And it's going to be towards the direction that he wants you to go. But the issue is, in order for any single one of us to step towards our destiny, every single one of us has to... I'll, I'll say most often we have to step away from our security. We get comfortable. We like where we are, but in order to step into your destiny, you're going to have to step away from your security. You're going to have to step away from what's old and step into what's new. Starting something new. Because God is calling every single one of us into something new. God is calling us to that next step. How do you then, how do we as, as followers of Christ, as Christians, how do we start something big? 
how do we get out there when we know that hope, we know we have that, that vision of what getting there is, but how do we get there if there really is no there, there's only ever really just here? I, I want to I wanna take a moment and, and qualify, if you will, big. Because something big for me could be completely something different big for you. Something big for you, different than something big right next, the person right next to you. Something big for, for each and every one of us, it's different. I mean, it could be something like starting a brand new business. God's laid it upon your heart. You feel this thing. You're supposed to step away from your security job-wise and step into a new business. For others, it, it, it may be making the choice to go back to school, starting over in a relationship that you once lost trust in. For others, it's something maybe like the recognition of, of I can't do it on my own. I'm going to need to find a place, some people that can help me, whether that's rehab or, or something else. Something big could, could be just as simple as, as you recognizing the need to be a godly husband or wife, a godly mother or father. Something big could be you, you want to start a ministry. It could be you want to start tithing. It, it, it could, it, it, the gamut is so wide open. The truth is what I'm talking about today when I mention something big, it's, it's what God has laid upon your heart. What has God called you to do that's significant? How do you start that? How do you start that big, that, that thing that God's placed on your heart? How do you start getting there? To illustrate this today, I'm gonna be, uh, um, we're going to be looking over the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in the Old Testament, but to give you kind of the, the idea of what's happening, the reason why Nehemiah does what Nehemiah does, quickly just a little bit of backstory. Um, so the Israelites had, had grown up, they had built up their walls, their Jerusalem, their temple, and they were known throughout the country, throughout the land for what they had built, for what they had accomplished, and predominantly for their temple. This was the God that guarded them, protected them. These were the walls that protected the temple that was the God that protected them. Well, God had said, look, y'all are going to have to worship me, and, and you're going to have to obey my commandments. They didn't obey his commandments. They didn't obey God, and then God allowed, mind you, very key, God didn't cause, God allowed the Babylonians, it was a reigning, reigning country at the time. They came in and they annihilated, annihilated Jerusalem. I, I mean, like, tore down the walls, obliterated the walls. The walls themselves, well, we know from history, the walls that Nehemiah rebuilt, what they ended up being were two and a half miles long of stone, eight and, eight and about eight and a half feet deep, or yeah, hmm? this way, eight and a half feet, and almost 40 feet high. That's, the Babylonians came in, wiped down the initial wall, went in, burned up most of the city, and completely demolished, destroyed everything that the Israelites knew that they were when they shattered the temple of God. They then took all of the Israelites captive, took them 850 miles roughly to Babylonia, Babylon, and they lived in captivity. So now, segue, it's 140 years later that, that 
Jerusalem, this city, has laid in ruins. The rock, the walls, burned to the ground, just demolished. It's, it's overgrown. It's nasty. It's terrible. 140 years later, there's a group of uh, travelers that travel through, and, and they, 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 see, they see Israel in its current standing, and, and they weep. They feel ashamed. They feel disgusted. They're Israelite travelers. They're going through. They see this, and, and they are... They, they felt humiliated. This is supposed to be who we are. This is supposed to be the city of God. We're supposed to be the people of God. And so as they continue on in their travels, they're disgusted by it, but, but there's, no, there's no gumption there. They continue on in their travels, and they come across 850 miles further in the kingdom of Susa. A man who hears the story, a cupbearer. He literally, had, his whole life, he grew up, like they trained him from birth because, again, Israelite captive, we're going to take you, we're going to train every single one of your children's children's children to be who we want them to be. He was trained to be a cupbearer. He drank the king's wine. Now, hold on. Like, initially, you're thinking, yeah. No. Because his, the, the intent was he tasted the wine before the king because if anybody wanted to poison the king, they'd poison the wine. He'd be a Joffrey. And so somebody had to take the cup beforehand. Like all three of you, God bless y'all are some religious, good, holy folks. Are you just choosing not to laugh at that? Oh, that's all right. All right. I mean, that was your job. His whole training, his, like, everything in life was to be able to take a drink of wine with the expectation that maybe you're going to get to die. And if you do, then the king knows you did a great job. Good, good one, you, whomever you were. That's Nehemiah. But Nehemiah just all of a sudden feels impressed by the Lord, by the Spirit. This isn't right. This, this isn't right. Your, your shame is rightly felt. We as a people should feel ashamed. We should feel like the, humiliated, rightfully so. Again, mind you, he's the cupbearer for the king of one of the countries that demolished, that destroyed, that overturned, that overthrew their people to begin with. Nehemiah gets it in his head, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go back. I'm going to have to rebuild the walls. This can't be like this anymore. He takes on this burden. He says, this is not okay. If we're God's people, if this is God's place, then, then I'm going to have to do something about it. I'm going to rebuild. Now, again, just me, and I, I have a tendency to think logically. It's, it's one of the many gifts that God has given me. Um, but if you're going to get into rebuilding, maybe, maybe you should have some building skills, not just know how to take, take a drink. Although it comes in handy when you're building, you shouldn't, no. But, I mean, like, there was no skill of anybody. This is not the guy that you would choose to be the one who leads this endeavor. He's the most unlikely of characters. A cupbearer. His job is to, to die for the king. And all of a sudden, a guy who, who doesn't seem qualified is definitely not prepared. He has this burden wondering, 
wondering, who, who am I to be able to do something about this? And I think that that's a lot of times exactly what does or what happens in, in our lives. When God lays something upon our heart, the predominant reason that we don't step into that is because we immediately think, who, who am I to be able to do that? I mean, I, w- I wasn't trained for that. I didn't learn how to do that. I, I don't know how to do that. I, God, I hear you, and, and yeah, that's terrible that it's happening and all that, but, but who am I to, to lead this? Come on. And so once again, nothing gets done. But when God gives you a burden, he gives it to you because he trusts you to do something about it. So what do you do when when God starts to use a burden to take you in a new direction? What do you do when you sense something big but don't recognize necessarily what to do? The very first thing that Nehemiah did, uh, recognizing the the brevity of the situation he's in, I mean, he's got to go before the king just to be released, to then travel 850-some miles. And the very first thing that Nehemiah does is he goes before God and he prays. In Nehemiah 1, I'm going I'm to summarize it, starting in verse 5, he, he does this, he, he goes through this prayer, this beautiful prayer. And, uh, let me, so basically, he, he says, Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God. I mean, at first, he's just acknowledging, extolling who God is. So let your ear be attentive to the cries of my heart. I confess our sins. Thank you. I confess our sins, including my own God. We've acted wickedly towards you. So right off the bat, he's, he's, he's recognizing there's, there's an admonition, there's a recognition of, of 140 plus years, even before that, that allowed then the Babylonians to come in and conquer, uh, of just pure turning away from God. God had revealed himself to them on so many different occasions, and yet now they had just become okay with what was. We see that a lot in Christianity today. Uh, especially, I'll say, here in areas where it's very easily come by. We've had God, and we've, he's been there. He's on every church corner. He's, he's on every corner. You can find 120 different ones here in town. And so because of that, we just kind of, we go through life having been brought up that, yeah, yeah, he's, he's that big man, he's somewhere out there, and he, one day we're going to get there. But, but we, don't, we don't lean in or rely on in the now. I confess our sins, including my own God, he prays. We've acted wickedly towards you. He goes on, he says, remember the promises that you gave your people, God, and grant your servants success as I go before the king today. I, life or death, here it is. I'm going before the king. I, I'm going to walk in, and I, I'm, I'm just going to bear my heart. Hear me. God always recognizes and honors authority. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not even in my notes. I'm just letting you have it because somebody here needs to hear it. Look, God always recognizes and honors authority. So he prays this prayer. He, he then goes before the king. <laughs> he, uh, 
goes before the king. All right, king, here's, here's this crazy idea. Remember, remember that country, my people that, that you know, y'all destroyed 140-some years ago? Yeah, 850 miles. That, yes, way, way over there. I'd like to go back, and I'd like to rebuild our namesake. I'd like to start by, you know, building up the walls, building up the people, you know. I'd like for, I'd like for the nations to know who we are. Oh, great king. <laughs> he does. Crazy. But the king is moved by the heart of God and says yes. Says gather a group of people, gather some other Israelites, gather your people together, and, and y'all go ahead. Rebuild the city. I'll give you funds. I'll give you what you need. Wow. How do you start, as a, as a follower of Christ, how do you start something big? The very, very first thing, guys, is you start small. You simply start small. Now, now notice, because we did a message on this, I didn't say think small. I said start small. You always dream big. You dream big, but you have the faith, the faith to start small. There's a passage in Zechariah, Zechariah 4.10, and this was the very passage that uh, my mentor, our overseer here, Ron Corzine, preached over me the very first Sunday that I came in to, to preach in Paris nine, nine years ago. Small church, I say small, it was definitely smaller than this, and there was a good 30, 40 people there. My, my, kids, my kids multiplied the children's department by 150%. Mm. We were, we started off with the kids. We indoctrinated them young. That's what we did. And he preached, he preached this, this passage, Zechariah 4.10. But there's a, there's a line in here that, that I've, I hadn't really focused on. Let, let, let's read. Do not despise these small beginnings, the small steps that you're going to be taking. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So in other words, don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed of starting something small. Because what does the Lord do? Because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices when he sees the work begin. Now, uh, this had never really just, just hit me. I was like, all right. I mean, he, he gets happy about it. But... Let's put it this way. So how many, how many people here have ever seen or have had, had within their own life, you've seen a, a child's first steps across the room? Well, a good number of you. You can be the most level-headed, like keep it tight, keep it proper, keep it right parent. But when your kid takes that first step, I don't care how obnoxious and tight you are. What do you do? Yeah! <laughs> yes! You start yelling at everybody, come in, come in, come in. Hey, Melissa, come, come, come here, come here. When that kid takes their first step and then falls over, who has ever then looked at them and said, Really? Are you serious? One step? 
Like, I mean, it's kind of pathetic. Is that all you got? <laughs> no! No, we rejoice in the first step. In fact, we're calling mama over saying, hey, mama, dada, brother, sister, come watch. Come on, we're setting them back up. We're like, come on, come on, you can do it again. Take that step. We rejoice in the first step. That's what God does when he's given you a burden. And yet, even though, even though you don't understand the details, even though you don't understand how you're going to get there, you have the faith just to simply take the first step. You know what God does? According to that scripture? Ah! Come on, hey, hey, guys, come over here. Come here, look. He rejoices when he sees the work begin. He rejoices when he sees you take that first step, when you're sitting there sweating it out, when you're sitting there not knowing right from left, when you're sitting there not knowing where your next meal's going to come from, and you say, God, I'm putting my faith in you, I'm putting my trust in you, I'm stepping into what I believe you've called me to do. Again, God's never behind the door. He's with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You walk and you follow hard after him. Come on. I think a lot of times we look at the, uh, the story of Nehemiah, and, and it's, it's, all right, Nehemiah built a wall. Like, they talked to the king, and then they, they went and they built the wall. And he did. Like, finally, that's, that's where he ended. He didn't even end. <laughs> Let's look. At the very end of that story, they built a wall. But if you go back a step before that, they, they were simply working their tails off. Hard work. Before that, Scripture says that they had to work with a tool in one hand and, and a, a weapon or a sword in the other. Look, I'm proud to say that I used to do rock work back in Colorado. There's, there, there may still be some post offices standing that I built they may not be standing. I don't really know if they are or not. It was a long time ago. But nowhere in all of my rock landscape, you know, building structures work did, did I have to, like, carry a sword in one hand while trying to lay stone. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm like, come on. But Scripture says they had to work with a, a weapon in one hand while, while using a tool in the other. Okay, before that, what were they doing? Uh, before that, you go back and you'll find out that, that they were still working their tails off, but, but it was because somebody had the courage to put down the very first stone, to lay the first rock. Uh, you go back before that, what you'll see is you'll see Nehemiah actually after having gotten the Israelites, his people back there, they were so discouraged with what they saw, they were done, they were ready to leave. He had to rally his own people and remind them of why they were there. Before that, before that, he had to go out by night and investigate the walls. Look around. I like to think he's, he's Googling, how do you build a stone wall? It's not good reception. I'm gonna, I'll be back, guys. Don't mind me. I'm gonna, how to build a stone wall. For nights, he would, he would go around at night. Just surveying. 
How are we going to do this? What are we going to do here? Before that, you'll see that there was a period where he waited for three days. Before that, he had to travel 850 miles. Before that, he, he had to pack a bag. I, I throw that in there, but I, I don't throw that in there like it's just kind of silly throw in. I say that because there's a lot of you in here today that you're sitting there and you're talking all about where God's going to take you and the things God's going to do in your life. And you haven't bothered packing a bag and getting your toothbrush ready. Before that, before that, he had to encourage his fellow Israelites. Before that, he had to talk with the king. And before he talked to the king, he simply prayed. If you want to do something big, what do you do? You start small. Have the faith to start small. And the beautiful thing about every single start small, what does God do? God, God rejoices with the step. How do you do something big? How do you do something significant? You have the faith to start small. Look, Nehemiah didn't know the details. Nehemiah didn't know how everything would play out. But, but listen here, you don't have to have the faith to finish. You only have to have the faith to start. Uh, Nehemiah is a great example. You don't have to have the faith to say, I see exactly how the walls are going to be built. I see the whole thing. I've got it. You don't have to have that faith. You just have to have the faith to lay the first stone. The faith to start. Guys, that's, if we could grab a hold, you don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to start. How do you do something big and significant? It's, it's you start small. And then number two, after you've started small, you take the next step. Start small, take the next step. Those are my two points today. You're welcome. I mean, like how hard, and yet, and yet, and yet, how many will walk from here today? That's the enemy's plan. That's his very first tactic is just to get you to stop. Don't take the next step. In Nehemiah 2, verses 19 and 20, this is when they started to have opposition. It says, but when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about this, they mocked and ridiculed us. So they're moving in God's direction, and there's resistance. We talked about it. There's going to be resistance. But look at what happens. What is it, what, or what is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Now understand, all they had to do was start a rumor, a rumor that Nehemiah was rebelling against the king. You start a rumor, and now the king's wondering, wait a second, I, I gave you tools to be able to go build. I, I allowed you to leave my, my authority, my kingdom to go do this. And, and you're, gonna, you're just going to rebel now? You're going to start doing this to be greater than we are? You're, you're doing this for yourself? You're, you're doing this to make me? There's so many directions he could have gone. All they wanted to do was destroy the work 
that Nehemiah was trying to do. And Nehemiah could have gotten caught all up in it. Oh, God, I mean, like, I, this, isn't, this isn't the case. King, I'm going to, okay, I got to send a letter back. You know, probably better. I, 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 guys, y'all, y'all hold on. Stop, stop work. Y'all hold up. And, and I'm going to go run back. I'm going to talk to the king. I'm going to explain to him my side of the story because th- this isn't right. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. Again, God honors and always respects authority. Nehemiah had already gone before the king had explained his heart. Last word principle. He had gone there and he said, this is what I'd like to do. He gave the king full authority to choose whether or not he did or did not go. And so in that confidence, recognizing authority at that very moment, even though these people were trying to destroy the very work he was doing, he said, my God's gone before me. We're going we're gonna to build. This is what I told the king I was coming here to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build. What do you do? When opposition comes, when you want to do that something big and, and you want to just take that next step, you take the next step. You start small and you take the next step. Let God prompt you and take another step. Let God prompt you and then, and then take another step. Let God prompt you and then take another step. Look, I, there's, there's people here today and, and I don't know who directly it is or, or, or what, but there's people here today, I know there's people that are tuning in online right now that know that God is, there's something that's just been churning within you. You may not even recognize that it's this desire from God, that it's a burning, this, this kind of yearning inside, but all you know is there's just uh, this, this aching to be able to do something else. You've sweated about it. You've run the numbers 500 times. You've looked it over. You've looked it under. (laughs) Start small and take a step. It it doesn't mean you start something big necessarily. It's you start small and, and you take a step. The first thing you do when you wake up is you seek God. Seek God, and then the next thing is God prompts you, just, just those, little, those little things. God reminds you, man, God, they, they mentioned community groups like at least three times in service today. And every time they talk about it, they talk about how it's, it's actually going to benefit, how it's going to encourage and, and build me up in the faith. I'm going I'm to try it out. What happens? Well, what happens is you're suckered in, and before you know it, you're now volunteering in the youth department working Wednesday nights. <laughs> but your life has never been more thrilled because of the lives that are being touched. Because you simply took a step and said, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to try that. Come on. Next thing you know, you're driving around town with a CF Paris bumper sticker, and you're one of those people. When people uh, look, guys, that's that's getting there. All right, that's getting there. They got there. 
St. Francis of Assisi said this, start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. It's what Nehemiah did. God, give me favor as I step out, as I go before the king. King, would you, would you grant me permission? Pack a bag, pack your toothbrush, right? I mean, get ready, because if, if you're praying for it, here it's coming. Travel, take a step. Start building, take a step. Get opposition, take a step. What, what's crazy about this wall, again, two and a half miles long, a little over eight feet deep, and and just under 40 feet high. They built it in 52 days. Scripture records, history records, they built it in 52 days. <laughs> Our tendency when we hear that is, is we look at it and, and we, we think, they did it, they got there. They completed the project. I mean, that's getting there, Right? As the, uh, as the band comes up, uh, I want y'all to recognize that wasn't the end. That wasn't getting there. Because on the other side of that there was, was another project. All right, you've, you've rebuilt the wall, now, now rebuild the temple. Rebuild, you, you, you built our defenses, but now let's, let's, let's build the rock upon which we stand. They built the temple, but then they had to rebuild back the economy. They had to rebuild back the culture. They had, to, they had to rebuild back the trust in God is our one and true, our only God. And when we serve and follow him only, he will lead and guide us, direct us. <laughs> it was just one sequence of events. Getting there isn't ever about there. So much, so much is it, it's more, it's kind of more just this sequence of you, you think you get there, but then when you get there, you realize that God still has that next step for you. So, so where you're dreaming of this, the whole while God's planning so much more, and, and all the while we we sit there and we, we sit there and put limitations because we don't start here because we're dreaming just about this simple get there. And all the while, God's looking at you going, I've got so much more for you if you would surrender your life to mine. Getting there is it's, it's so much more about the, 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 the other something big that God wants you to be a part of. It's just one in a sequence of steps. When we move in the direction that God is calling us. But you have to have the faith to start. And then one day you look back and you realize that that very small step that you took, what, what you thought was nominal, what you thought wasn't much at all, that very small step changed not just your future but your eternity. One step in, that, in the right direction it was, was just that one step of faith was probably one of the biggest steps of faith of your entire life. Because you had no idea what God would do on the other side of it. I love last week, Pastor Brandon uh, spoke out of Galatians 6. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Do not grow weary in doing good. 
Don't grow weary in doing good. Because we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Look, I, I, somebody, somebody today, I'm, I want to encourage you. Don't grow weary at doing good. Take another step. Take another step. And then, and then, and then take another step. And take another step. Start. It's in you, guys. I'm telling you, God has so much more for you than just this. God gave you a burden. Start it. Take a step. Don't grow weary in doing good. Be faithful with what God has put on your heart. Dream big, but start small. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Guys, it's... I mean, like, it, it really is that simple. The only time it gets hard is when we start trying to add ours into it. Our rules, our ways, our things, our those, our don'ts, our all of them. Look, next week, I, I'm excited. We're going to be starting a, a, a new series. We're about three, four weeks coming into, into Easter. And, and next week, I want to start a, I, man, it's more like a, a preparatory class for us before we get to Easter. Because Easter is about the invitation of people that wouldn't normally ever grace the door. And the only way that they will is if you learn how to love where you live. Love your neighbor. We hear the commandments. We hear go and make disciples. We hear love your neighbor. But then, but then we're like, well, you know, but, but who's, who's my neighbor? I mean, come on. Look, next week we're going to be diving into the effect that you and I have on our community. But what it's going to take, it's going to take each and every one of us starting small, dreaming big, starting small, and then just taking the next step. And you know what happens when we do that? What happens is all of a sudden the very people that you walk out of here and say, I'll never see them in church. That's when we see God do a miracle unlike anything that anybody around here has ever seen before. But it starts right here in you and I. It begins here. It begins with a simple step. Can you take a step? If we can bring it down just a second, guys. I, I want to let, let's bow our heads and close your eyes with me for a moment. Heavenly Father, I, we, we come before you, Lord, and right now I thank you. And Father, I pray that, that, you would, that you would just burn the fire within each and every one of us, Lord God. There, that there would be a, a fervor, a desire for more. But God, more than just the desire for more, that, that we would have the faith in to start, to step out, Lord, into the direction that you're leading us. God, I thank you now that, that even now there's people taking a simple step that years from now are going to look back at this moment and recognize the grace of a God that extended grace that was undeserved. Father, I thank you that whenever we need wisdom, whenever we need guidance, your word says that all we have to do is ask and, and you're faithful to give freely, Lord God. I thank you for the guidance from your spirit in our everyday lives. And Father, I pray that this morning that there would be decisions to start. 
to take the next step. Father, I pray that there would be people across this room that, that would step out in faith. Guys, uh, real, real quick, just, just if y'all will look at me real quick, I want to say this just because it, it was a, a praise report, nothing else. This was, I don't know how many years back, I, I was preaching a message and I, I prayed something very similar to this prayer. And, and in it, I said something to the effect of, um, I'm believing that somebody's going to write a book. <laughs> there was a lady that was in that service that ended up writing a book. It's now for sale on Amazon. And, and Look, I say that because man, there's no telling. I flippantly just say stuff all the time. But I truly do believe that I know that I believe that I know that there are ministries right here in this room. Ministries that are going to touch people's lives right here in North, in the Lamar County area, right across into the across the river, into the surrounding counties down south. I truly believe that there are miracles going to happen from right here from God's people. Oh, oh, look, <laughs> I mean, look seriously, we're going to touch the area not because of what I do, but because of what we do. Because of a God that has a purpose so much bigger, so much greater than anything that we could ever dream, think, or imagine. But we've got to lean in to his guidance, to his advice. Start small. Yes, dream big. Start small. But then take that next step. Have faith to believe in him. Guys, I, look, I, I was, I was going to do a whole hand raise thing, but the truth is I, I don't... I truly believe that everybody here should, you should have raised your hand if I asked you to raise your hand. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm just going to assume that everybody raised their hand. We all need this right here. It's so simple. It's like stupid simple. It's one of those things where you're like, how can you not get this? But, but sometimes it's the simple things that we just tend to miss. Start small. Every day, start small, man. Start with just saying, God, I'm going to give you a minute today in prayer. Watch that minute turn into two. Watch that two turn into ten. Don't, don't, don't start off tomorrow thinking that you're going to go into a five-hour-long prayer circle. Start with prayer, though. Go before God. Say, God, I, I need your help today. Start. Step out in faith into that very thing that he's been just kind of, he's been burning upon your heart. And watch, watch what happens. Start small. Take the next step, guys. God is with you. He's not against you. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your word, for your truth, the rock upon which we can stand daily, Lord God. And I pray right now for everybody across this room, for those tuning in online, Lord God, that right now, Father, that you, they would feel the presence of your spirit upon their life, Lord God, that they would recognize the burning, the unction, the, the, the spirits calling them, directing them towards whatever step it is that you have for them. And I pray, Father, that they would have the faith to step out and to step into all that you have for them. Lord God, it's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all have a blessed, blessed week. God bless you all.